Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I am your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier. You're a weekend wine guy, and uh, well, that's your spiritist scholar. I'm the scholar of spirits today because I've got uh, John Burden, who is the uh, distiller, the owner, the founder of Sandstone Distillery here in, uh, well, in the Northwest. He's down by Olympia in, this, in the cute little town of Tenino. I've got John Burden here in studio, and uh, we're talking about spirits. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with spirits. It's, it's great to get reacquainted with the Washington Distillers Guild and uh, have a chance to meet some of these great entrepreneurs, the, these uh, hearty souls, these brave and, and bold people who love to uh, ferment and, uh, of course, raise a glass. Um, we want to raise a glass this week. Hey, I've got this great event coming up. It's actually uh, next week in November. Um, it's Wine, Woman, and Shoes. If you like wine, and uh, <laughs> I guess if you like women, if you like shoes, you got to check it out. It's uh, November 12th. It's a benefit for Olive Crest, which is a, um, a great organization that helps uh, young children, homeless children, and uh, families to get back on their feet. Um, with some training, some housing, and uh, some uh, subsistence support. That's uh, Olive Crest, and uh, Wine, Woman, and Shoes is a great event. Uh, we've got a fashion show, obviously, a lot of shoes. And gentlemen, if you've got a woman in your life, uh, or you just like to go meet and check out some great <laughs> fashion, you got to check out Wine, Woman, and Shoes. November 12th, uh, it's over at the Four, Four Seasons. And um, that's... A great event. I'm a big volunteer. Um, I'm on their committee, and uh, I'll be pouring coral wines. And if you haven't chased, tasted coral wines yet, you got to try it. Coralwines.com is a, a wine project that I started with a partner, and we've got great white, red, and rosé. And uh, check it out, coralwines.com. Delicious stuff. Perfect for turkey, perfect for the holidays, perfect for, uh, you know, just drinking and enjoying. And speaking of drinking, I'm already getting thirsty. So, John Burden, welcome to Happy Hour. Well, it's sure fun to be here. Yeah, um, Sandstone Distillery. Uh, I love the name. Um, let's talk about how you got started. What's, uh, where are you? What are you? Who are you? Well, see, the what and the where. We are, uh, we're down at Tenino. We're actually between Tumwater and Tenino. And I call the Beverly Hills of Tenino because we're out in the farm. <laughs> and um, The Beverly Hillbillies yeah. down there somewhere? Yeah, well, yeah, we've got a few of those, too. It's, you know, <laughs> it makes all the aviance. I mean, you know, people drive up our road, and, and it's, a, it's a beautiful country lane, and the trees are fault colors and all that, and it's really gorgeous. But I've had more than one person come up, and they say, well, I was, I was starting to get worried if we found your place yet because I thought I heard banjos. And, <laughs> yeah, so that kind of makes it kind of have fun. That is fun. So you're down in Tenino, and uh, you're you're basically born and raised. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, yep. We are we are natives. All right. And how'd you get started in distillery business? I mean, obviously the this law passed about five years ago, where craft distilling was now allowed. Um, and how'd you sort of find your way into this fermented beverage? It was really on a fluke. I was I was home watching TV. I had a, a snifter of something nice, and I was just pulled the glass away and for no really good reason looked at it and thought I wonder how they make that and it was just it was before the moonshiner show and all that type of stuff and uh -huh. and then I thought I wonder if I could make that 
and then Googled and then started learning and then started going to workshops and, and then experimenting. And, and it was, you know... Uh, Experimenting, it, huh? Yes, it was about eight years ago. All right. So it was before the new law. And, you know, now that I'm legitimate, I can I can say I did that, <laughs> but you don't want to do that beforehand. Yeah, don't tell them. Don't ask, don't tell. Mm, big time. Well, um, tell me about this experimentation phase. Well, what did you do to sort of, uh, well, to test... Test your skills. Well, you know, I, I, I can go ahead and incriminate myself because, you know, what are you going to do now? We're legal. So uh, we would, uh, I had a small still, and I would experiment with different grains, and uh, and the first batch was absolutely horrible. I mean, they were so bad. I mean, they would, they were high proof. I mean, I, but I wouldn't even put in my lawnmower because I like my lawnmower. It just, oh. yeah, it's one of those. But things got better, and then got better, and then it got to a point to where, I was starting to get nervous about doing what I was doing because I didn't realize that it was a felony. I didn't realize it was against the law to make distilled spirits. I was just out there, you know, playing around with my own personal stuff. Right. And what I was f- your base? Did you actually use corn or did you use wheat or potatoes or what? Well, just I, beer. I used I used grain, uh, and it was uh, its cob is corn, oats, and barley. It's horse feed. And, oh. and that's what we used for our, our base. And it was a, a recipe of five pounds of this, five pounds of that, five gallons of water, and munch it all up and then ferment it, distill it, and see what you get. Did you have to pitch any yeast to oh, get yes. that started? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We it, went through a dull bunches of different yeasts. In fact, the yeast that makes our vodka um, it came across as a real sweet, nice vodka. But I'm a Manhattan drinker. I, that's, right? that's my drink of choice. I like the browns. And when I, when I had it as a, uh, tried to make a whiskey out of that, base with that yeast, it just wasn't quite right. And so we started experimenting on and on and on. We went through about 28 different yeast strains till we found the one that made the white whiskey. Cause I, and so that was your first? Yeah, that white was our whiskey, first. White whiskey, huh? Yeah, white whiskey and the vodka, but both of them at the same time. And actually, so corn, oats? Actually, what, are, what we use mostly now, we refine to where we use uh, soft winter wheat uh-huh. from Ritzville, Washington, and uh, malted barley that's also sourced from Washington. Interesting. So, uh, whiskey by law, isn't it? I guess whiskey can be anything. Yeah. Bourbon by law has to be fifty-one percent corn. Exactly. Okay. So you make your first uh, distillation was white whiskey mm-hmm. uh, from sandstone distilling, and now you I see five bottles in front of me. So I see a vodka, a gin, a black gin, which is clear, <laughs> a white whiskey, and then you told me about this crazy concoction called. Bacon whiskey. Bacon whiskey. It's, All right. It's pretty awesome, really. Well, when was your first re- commercial release? When did you actually open the doors to Sandstone Distilling? We opened the doors um, uh, on Black Friday uh, one year ago. Ah. So we're, we're coming up right around the corner is our, is our birthday, and we're going to have uh, kind of a birthday party. Uh, sing happy birthday. Where you find us on our Facebook page. <laughs> and, so, and, then the, and then the stone carver down in, in Tonino, he also plays the bagpipes. And he has other friends that do the same thing. They have a bagpipe band. And so, you know, we're kind of eclectic down there, but it's just Sounds the coolest like thing. Yeah. Oh, for Christmas, you, you got to come down for the Christmas tree lighting just for the fun because it was last year. It was kind of foggy, you know, and uh, and, and all the town was in town when they lit the Christmas tree. And the four or five bagpipe players, they went around doing Christmas carols throughout the whole town. Oh, that's fun. In the fog, in the evening. It was cool. And they wear the kilts. Oh, yeah. Oh. Full, full-blown Scottish goes, you know. <clears throat> 
I love it. Uh, speaking with John Borden, who is the founder of Sandstone Distillery down in Tonino, and you've got a website, John? Yes, uh, sandstonedistillery.com. And are you the sole proprietor? Do you have a partner? Do you uh, do you have a significant... We uh, are. We're family-owned. Uh-huh. Uh, it's uh, myself and my wife and my son and his wife. Oh. And then, uh, actually, uh, his grandma, so my, my mom, is also lives out in the farm with us. And then, uh, during bottling parties, his, his daughter, so we have four generations out there. Wow. So, yeah, she's cute. She's two years old and she's just as adorable because she'll pick up the empty boxes and carry them over to somebody can fill them and then you know, she does her thing and it's yeah. just it's a family thing all right because so we it, like to include it the sounds community. like child labor laws are being oh. <laughs> but it's just well, it's all family game. though it's I all see. family that's right yeah okay and you can get away if you can't afford work as you breed them oh boy well uh, lots to do down in tonight oh, yeah. i imagine so you actually live on a farm yes all yep. right, and yep. the farm. You do you grow some no. things, or do you well, we livestock? Do. We, we we do some of our um, um, our botanicals. We do some rosemary, and uh, and uh, we could do some raspberry uh, and, and huckleberries and things like that for the vodka infusions that are yet to come. But we don't grow any commercially. Like we're not a big wheat farm or something like that. Okay, and you've got uh, your anniversary is coming up this Friday. Uh, the, this the thirtieth, I believe, yes. right? And. Uh, Black Friday down in Tonino. So you having a party? Yeah, we're going to have a party. going to be right. a good time. How Everybody. do we find you? Uh, well, the yeah, best thing to do is to like us on Facebook. If you're an anti-Facebook person, you can go to the website, and you can uh, sign up that way onto our uh, email list and uh, stay in contact and know when we have releases or something new is happening. Or We do these um, in the summertime. We have concerts out there, and that's a blast. because <laughs> Bagpipes and uh, well, banjos? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's for the party, but, but uh, we'll have different venues, uh, jazz and country rock and things like that and they'll set up in front of the stills and then there's plenty of room in the distillery for dancing and then we it's limited to about 60 people but we've sold oh. out every single time wow and uh but it's a lot of fun you know everybody but you have a goodie bag and you get to tastings and stuff like that it's i fun. imagine you'll have some trick-or-treats that come oh, on black friday too you know, that is coming up too uh we are actually volunteering with the um uh elementary school is having a uh, fun run a boo run and no we're not doing samples at the at the elementary school not a booze run <laughs> yeah, a yeah. boo run yeah huh? it's a boo run and then <laughs> but we're going to give uh, 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 candy to the kids and then uh, we also make a line of simple syrups for making cocktails oh. and that'll be kind of the treat for the for the grown-ups and then the, hey come on out to the distillery and we'll give you a tour and etc Okay. Well, and you're doing something special on your anniversary. You said you're releasing something. Yes. We have our very first barrel. Um, it is coming, it's coming along so nice and so well. Uh, it'll be just it. It'll be in uh, the half-size bottles, the 375 milliliters. And um, it has uh, got some hint of cherry notes to it and vanillas that are coming across and so we're really excited so about it's that. a it's a, a new bourbon barrel yeah, and char, charred white oak actually it's a charred uh previously filled barrel okay yeah by one of the seattle distilleries and uh they make a super fine product so that didn't hurt and uh well you know and um We've uh, put our white whiskey in there, and it's uh, just really come out super, super nice. All right. So that's the Black Friday party at Sandstone mm -hmm. Distillery down in Tonino, sandstonedistillery.com. And uh, you got some trick-or-treats and a booze run <laughs> for the kids. <laughs> well, let's get into these spirits. I mean, I love your your packaging. Uh, it's a broad-shouldered, uh, conical-shaped bottle. It, uh, it's low, slender at the base and, and uh, gets a little wider up at the shoulder with a long neck. Um, your, your labels are... are are 
simple and clean but uh, iconic with the, the great picture of the stone carver in the center and you've got a yellow green uh, a charcoal and a sort of a sea blue um, I should say Elliott Bay blue because it's a little darker and uh, those those are nice uh, earth tones I like it so um, vodka Tell me about the vodka. I'm going to taste it here. What? What? How'd you make it? What's the grain and uh, what's the proof? The mash bill is um, about a four to one ratio of uh, soft winter wheat that we get right out of the farm, and uh, malted barley that um, that we uh, we don't see. We don't grind our grains till right before we throw them into the cooker, and I believe that makes a huge difference. Uh, like if you think of it as a cup of coffee, if you were to take out your coffee beans and grind them and press them and make that coffee right now, it's like, ooh, wow, this robust, wonderful coffee, you know? But if you take the same beans out of the same bag and you grind them through the same grinder, but they sit, it's not gonna be the same. It'll start to coffee. oxidize, yeah. yeah. But it's not, not as fresh. Exactly, exactly. And so that's why uh, we do that. And How long I, does it take to uh, crush the grain? About an hour. An hour? Yeah. And are hour. you actually crushing it right into the fermenter or the the mash tun? Yeah, yeah, right there. Yeah, we do it all right. And how's in-house. that done? Is that like a big Cuisinart or well, what do you use? What I have is I it's uh, I got two of my best friends at the distillery are gravity and a forklift. Uh, we lift up uh, a big uh, tote, the silo type of thing, with 400 pounds of our winter wheat, and then we hang it above our big grinding machine that's got a hopper on it, and it trickles down, goes through the the grinder, and then spits out into a big sack, uh-huh. and then the water is heating up at the same time. So the water's hot. But uh, and ready to go once we put the grains in. And how many stills do you have? I heard you say you have stills. These stills, uh, yeah. Well, we got uh, it. We we've, we're kind of unique. We we took uh, shipping totes and uh, we converted them into cookers. Shipping totes, meaning those cargo. Things? Well, yeah, it's sort of. They're they're these big square, about four foot by four foot and about four foot high uh, stainless steel totes for like shipping. Uh, uh, oil, not oil, but uh, corn oil or um, syrup and things like that. Uh, so, so, so like a cube? Yeah, it's a cube. Uh-huh. And what we did is we modified them so we could inject steam right into the mash. So uh-huh. steam is being bubbling in there and it's cooking from the inside out as all the little bubbles are cooking away. And so we cook that and then it stays in there for a week or so. And then um, once it's all fermented, we heat it back up again, and in the center is a manway that we put a still top on, and that becomes our stripping still. So it's a cooker, a fermenter, and a stripping still all in one. I've got three of those set up. Ah, uh, you got three of them. That's pretty cool. Then we strip off the alcohol in our, to make our stripping run. We take them over to our finishing stills, and they were soup kettles off of a Navy ship back in the 70s <laughs> that we converted over. Um, you guys are ingenious. Oh, we do all sorts of fun weird now stuff. Now you got a picture there? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah we I come? got a picture to show you for radio. It's, you know, <laughs> I really came prepared, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, we come back from this break, we're going to dive into uh, some more of your spirits, and, and we'll chat more about how you put these stills together. It's quite interesting. So stick around. I've got John Burden, the owner, uh, well, family proprietor of Sandstone Distillery in Tatino. Tanino. And uh, stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm Chef Jeremy McLaughlin with Salty Seafood Grills, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KBL. A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KBI. Want to know weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. 
All right, time for round two, and uh, I've got the pleasure of having John Burden, the uh, family patriarch of Sandstone Distillery down in Tenino, Washington. That's right by Olympia. Sandstonedistillery.com is their website. You should check it out. They've got uh, Black Friday, their anniversary party coming up uh, this Friday. Lots of fun and releasing in their first barrel of whiskey. So, John, we were just chatting about these uh, these funky stills you put together <laughs> using, uh, what do you call it, a shipping tote and then a um, an old Navy soup kettle? Yeah, we, we, found, we, we, we recycled two Navy soup kettles, and they were powered by steam because those ships back then, that's all they had for power and whatnot. And so in order to have enough steam to heat enough to fire those you'd need a boiler i mean a big commercial type of boiler and i didn't really want one one because they're 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 like a bomb <laughs> you need a permit too well right? you need a permit and and then l and i overlooks it and they'll yeah. no not offend anybody that works for l and i but i just didn't want anything to do with those guys right. anymore than they had to and so what we did is where the steam went that jacketed area we filled that with cooking oil and then in the base where there's a reservoir area we put heating elements so the heating elements heat the oil. The oil surrounds the bath, and I've got a cooker again with no oh. high pressure, with no danger, and it just works like a charm. Now, how long does oil last? Is this is it good forever? Do you have to refill it like well, uh, you do it, 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 a car? It, thermally, it'll break down because just because of the heat, but it doesn't break down like a car because there isn't the uh, combustion. Friction. Yeah, there isn't the combustion. It just gets hot, and then and, and that will break it down. So I bought once a year. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm tasting this vodka, and uh, the, my first impression is the attack is very, very soft. I mean, it's very, very gentle on the palate, and then it, it expands to, to include... Um, some very savory wheat flavors. It, it has a real bread note to me. Um, it expands on the palate. It's soft. The alcohol in it's very glycerol as well, so which I like. Where does this water come from? The water comes from our well right on our farm. Uh, we are surrounded by other artesian wells, the kind that just you know bubble, bubble, bubble all the time. And uh, we're part of that aquifer. Is that part as well. of that tum water? The Olympia, it's the water, and a lot more. It completely is. I mean, <laughs> the, the water actually tastes good, just as it is. You know, people come to our house from the city and they go, I want to take some home. So, you know. So you can actually use well water in a commercial enterprise? Yes. Interesting. Well, you end up, you're making sterilizer, you know, you're making alcohol, so it's... (laughs) <laughs> it's it's you know you're, you're pretty much taking care of anything that could be bad, but we do have it tested every, about uh, every six weeks. And well. uh, what's the uh, the mineral composite there? Uh, uh, it's uh, that that glacial wash of our area uh, is uh, it's not a limestone, but there's a minerality f- taste. I guess it there. would be volcanic basaltic or yeah, something, right? Granitic. Th- yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, the vodka's tasty. Um, where does this vodka run? Is this in the $40 range, $35 range, $50 range? Yeah, well, we start off at uh, 29 bucks, mm-hmm. and then you add your tax license, dealer prep, and blah, 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 and it ends up being 40 bucks out the door yeah, at okay. the distillery. Right. Uh, and I hope the state's doing doing good things with all this dough, <laughs> this vice tax. Um, well, next up is a gin. I see you have two gins. One is a green label gin. The other is black label, the charcoal colored black gin. What's the difference? Well, the difference would be we we the way we looked at it there's there's so many different kinds of people in the page yeah, i mean you think about it you got the red state and blue state people and there's about half of each out there and if you tried to make something that everybody liked some people really like a real heavy juniper and other people really hate a heavy juniper and if you try to put it all together you're going to make something that nobody likes so we made two totally separate styles of gin one would be uh uh it's uh 
more citrus and the and uh, and uh, just a hint of licorice for the finish. And the black gin is uh, is a little more juniper and heavy on the uh, uh, star of anise. The, yeah, uh, anise. The, the, I get that. The licorice finish, mm-hmm. and um, it pairs really well with with orange. Actually, um, you put that with Grand Marnier and some orange juice, and you've got a delightful little cocktail. And then if you really want to amp it up for after dinner, you put two scoops of vanilla ice cream in there. Man, oh you've got, you are set. Goodness. Ooh, wow. Oh, yeah. Well, I just tasted the first gin, and it's the green label gin. Um, you're right. It's a little more citrus. And then I get a sense of uh, the juniper. In, um, is there rosemary in this one? No, there's not. There's that. There's an herbal character that is uh, um, quite effusive, and it just reminds me. Uh, in the palate, the attack is a little more sturdy here. Um I guess some of those botanicals give you a little more pepper on the, I call it a peppery prickle yes, on the yeah. tongue. And, uh, you know, gin is something, even as a, a sommelier and a, and a wine guy and a spirits guy, it took me a long time to really, really appreciate gin because the old days, juniper, my grandma drank beef eater and, you know, I'm not sneaking snips, of, sneaking snips <laughs> of beef eater gin. <laughs> That's no fun. Um, this is a flavorful, uh, how many botanicals are in the green label gin? There are nine. What do we got? We didn't go uh, real heavy on them. Citrus, that's uh, orange peel and mm-hmm. lemon peel, I think I'm getting. That's yeah, kind of yeah. citrus. The and orange peel. Um, that's kind of proprietary. A little, cor- little coriander. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. Tasty. Soft. Now, the, the black gin is very interesting. How much star anise do you have to use to, to sort of... That flavor has to be very balanced. You can't have too much. That's a very aromatic herb or uh, spice. Exactly. And so you know, we're pretty careful about that, but there's. I'll, I'll just say there's a lot. And kind of go from there. Now, do you crush these as well? Or do you prepare these? Yeah. The basket and it's percolated and macerated, or what? We we fracture them. We we basically we take a stone carver's hammer, no kidding, and uh, smash it and uh, break the stuff up just to fracture. We don't really grind it up to a powder, and then uh, we vapor infuse. So the the gin uh-huh. basket's on the top of the right. steel. Well, I, I'm just sensing with that uh, stone hammer, you can do something uh, of Thor. You need a, you need a <laughs> Thor. Something or the god, Norse god. Um, tasty stuff. Do these gins the same cost, same price? Yes. Yes, they do. They and, the same. And what's your, uh, is the same spirit as, as the vodka? This is a, a soft winter wheat spirit uh, mm-hmm. base? It's the exact same mash bill. Uh, in fact, the, the vodka, well, you know, gin is just flavored vodka. Yes. And uh, and so that's what, our, we start with our own base. But, you know, there's whiskey and there's vodka, so mm-hmm. the, 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 the difference is not much except whiskey is basically meant to be a whiskey in a barrel, whereas vodka is not flavored. So they're kind of the same, aren't they? Yeah, they kind of are the same. I but mean, they're you, still neutral can, spirit. And you can make you can make a vodka out of a whiskey. Uh, vodka has to come off the still at 190 proof or more in order to be called vodka. Oh, really? That's the stipulation. Oh, that's from the, the stipulation. And, yeah, and exactly. bourbon or whiskey is like 160, isn't well, it? Well, that's actually, that's bourbon. Uh, yeah. And actually, you can, have, you can have a whiskey that comes off at 180. And it's like if you try to make a vodka... And it didn't come off at 190. You couldn't call it vodka. Be, it would be a light whiskey. Pardon me, a light a, whiskey. A light whiskey. <laughs> whiskey light. Well, fun. Well, I've got this white whiskey here, and um, I, I like the blue label and uh, the sand, uh, the carving. The what do you call them? A stone carver. Yes. So, what's the mash bill here? It is surprisingly the same as the other other three, but you'll notice a distinct difference in the taste. It's, Why is that? Um, it's because we use a different yeast. And oh. yeast make a huge, huge difference. I mean, the, the vodka will, will ferment at a higher temperature and stay there for about a week. The, the yeast that we use in the um, uh, whiskey, it ferments at a much lower temperature. And it's just, just the way they are. It's kind of like the difference between having, uh, um, 
Well, you know, you got somebody from Alaska and somebody from Polynesia. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeast are kind of like, like the color that. of their They're skin. Like meaning a, someone's got a tan. And... Well, you know, it's it's just that the people live in different climates and they're accustomed to those things. And mm. yeast are, are kind of like that. I mean, they some yeast don't like it hot, and some yeast don't got like it. it cold. That's what I'm trying to say. Well, it's uh, it's a, it's a pleasant taste. Obviously, it's more expansive on the attack, mm. um, and it has a little more texture. There's no oak on this. This has got a little dry finish on it. It it uh, it it has. It's been exposed to oak, which means uh, to to have it be a whiskey and not be corn through the TTB. We went around and around with the yeah. TTB about that. It has to be exposed to oak. So it has a, it's been it's gone through a barrel. I see. But it hasn't okay. been aged for more than like a minute and a half. Got it. All right. So that's why I, I detected. Uh, very flavorful. Um, very pleasant. And the price is the same? Your line price all around? It's a wee bit more. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, It ends up being $45 out the door. All right. And the last spirit here is a bacon whiskey. Oh, yeah. You're going you're gonna to love this. If you have any love of bacon at all, and the, it's it's a lot of fun. It's salty. Yeah. But think about think about a Bloody Mary. Oh yeah, and that, and it is salty because we use real bacon. We have, we don't use chemicals at all. Now, is bacon's cooked or is it yeah. raw bacon? You no, know, it is cooked bacon. And the fun thing is, is the 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 spent grains from the whiskey. Once we get done with the batch, it goes to the end of our road where there's a pig farm, and so the grains that made the whiskey get fed to the pigs made the bacon that goes back into the whiskey to make bacon whiskey. Funny, that's that's the true <laughs> recycling, huh? Circle of life is a beautiful thing. <laughs> that's sustainable, I guess. Uh, so fun. I wonder if those pigs get a little buzz on. I don't know. There's it's, it's pretty much stripped clean of that. Is this released commercially now, or is this sort of a private? Uh... It, it's a private thing right now. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we as soon as we have our label approvals, we've got our formula approval passed. And now it's just a matter of the label approval. And there's a bunch of little silly nitpicky rules about that. But you got to play the game. Got to play the game. Yes, you do. Well, John Burden, uh, it's sandstonedistillery.com. And you're down in Tonino. And the big party, the anniversary party is this Friday, uh, Black Friday, October 30th. And uh, you can check it out. Um, what are the hours of that party? We're going to go from noon to five, just regular hours. Noon to five. And... Um, uh, it's uh, going to be a good time. Check the website or the Facebook page, and you'll see what else is going on. We're probably going to have a little Christmas thing going on, too, to where we'll have... Uh, Black uh, Christmas. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> too funny. Yeah. I love it. Well, John Burden, thanks so much. Uh, Sandstone Distillery, uh, great products. Where can we find them here in Seattle? You cannot. You cannot find them in only Seattle online. yet. Only online and down at the distillery at a couple stores, uh, uh, Ralph's uh, uh, Market in uh, Thriftway in okay. Olympia, also the T Brothers Lodge in Olympia. Um, and, uh, hey, I'm self-distributing, so, hey, right. who wants us? That looks good. I, I enjoyed it. Nice to meet you. Sandstonedistillery.com. Uh, John Burden, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Hey, folks, stick around. We'll be right back after this break for Round 3 on Happy Hour Radio. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. It's time for round three, and I have a couple segments that we're out and about. And my first guest is from Big Gin at the fifth anniversary party for SIP Northwest Magazine. I've got Ben Captiville, who is, uh, well, Ben, who are you? 
Uh, well, I'm co-founder and distiller at Captive Spirits in Seattle, where we make big gin. All right, so Captive Spirits sounds like an umbrella company. Um, is it just big gin that you produce, or do you have other brands? Yeah, for now, that's what we have for sale, and we're working on some new gin brands as well. Okay, so gin is the gin is in. Yes, it is, certainly. The king of cocktails, and that's what we focus on at Captive. And i got to admit, you know, this is the first year, and I can tell you about my graduation through the, uh, the world of alcohol when my friend, I liked beer and I liked wine. I love gin this year. Excellent. Yeah, it's a, a it's a good time to pick it up. It, I mean, uh, just gin and the, and all the botanical gins we have here in Seattle, and and just some soda uh, on on the rocks has been so refreshing in this heat. Agreed, and that's one thing that's fun about the gin category is that they all taste unique. Yes, and that's fun. So um, I'm having this wonderful cocktail. Tell me about what I'm having here. It's got watermelon juice. Yeah, well, Holly took some uh, Hermiston watermelon, blended it, strained it. Uh, we're adding that with some big gin, some bubbles, and a little simple syrup, uh, and we're garnishing with some basil. So it's just a real clean, cut and dry, awesome. Cocktail. It is it is it is lovely. It's um, palatable, refreshing, and I love the acid that comes from the the cava that you poured in there. Well, let's talk about some of the gins you produce. I see you've got uh, uh, several different different products here. Let's talk about your lineup. Yeah. So our our, uh, our flagship product is Big Gin, which is a, a domestic alternative to like your typical London Dry from the UK. Um, so bright flavors of juniper. Um, our number two gin is bourbon barrel big gin. It's big gin finished and used bourbon barrels from Kentucky's Heaven Hill Distillery. We like to make old fashions and mint juleps and uh, some whiskey-focused cocktails with that. Okay, so let me start. So um, you poured me two samples. Yeah. Which one? You were talking about peat barrel or where? Yeah. All right. So well, our, our friends over at Westland Whiskey make an amazing American single malt peated whiskey, similar to what they're doing in Scotland, but they're doing it here domestically. Uh, we're taking those barrels uh, and we're finishing big gin in those barrels for four months and that's what we come up with uh you know at the end of at the end of those four months it's peat barrel to big gin so a whisper of smoke um you know that the the i think the the hearty flavors of juniper and spice complement the barrel really well uh so we have a, a gin that's really fun for cocktailing makes a nice tonic um but yeah it's kind of wild uh i agree you know the peat is just it's just a whisper yeah, really it's real subtle it's real subtle and um that's we like that about it I agree. I think it adds a certain dimension that gives you a little more depth in the flavor, a little more, more of a sense of aromatics, but it's really on the palate that sort of, sort of fills your brain with a little peat, um, yeah, which is very interesting. And then we have uh, the Barrel Reserve, which is a, which is bourbon-barreled big gin at three years in the barrel as opposed to six months. Interesting. So you talk about barrels. Well, let's talk about that. What what You said peat barrels, obviously Westland Distillery, which I love their product. Um, but all of your barrel reserves are... So where did this barrel come from? Uh, from Heaven Hill Distillery in Kentucky. Oh, I remember that. I used to drink... I, well, <laughs> let's talk about that. But I had a fifth of Heaven Hill at a Nazareth concert. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, fun. A lot of uh, West Coasters don't, don't know a lot about the brand. Um, Heaven Hill, but they're, they've been well known for really high quality, uh, lower price point bourbons. So. Yes, um, and they go way back, and they're still around, but obviously they've uh, sort of evolved to some degree. Yep. So, um, w- how do you actually find barrels? Do you like just send an email? We use a broker. Um, his name's Eddie Franklin. Uh, I, I don't know where we'd be without Fast him. Eddie Franklin? Yeah, if you're out there, Eddie, thank you. Um, but yeah, he. Uh, no one deals directly with Heaven Hill. Um, you you deal with the, the brokers of the barrels afterwards. So. so this is three years in a barrel. That's right. Wow, I like that you got just a sense of the um, the, the, the vanilla, but more of a 
It's more of a toffee note, but more burnt sugar, I should say. Not really toffee. It's burnt sugar. Sure. Yeah, and there's still some botanical flavors there, which we love about it. Um, big gin going into the barrels is a very robust gin to start with, so uh, we think it, it can stand up to that barrel even over three years. And really, you know, I, I almost look at this barrel reserve as like a, a, a botanical whiskey more than a than a, than a barrel gin. What's the mash bill for it gin? It's from 100% corn. Oh, really? Ours does. Yep, ours does. Yep. That's really interesting because you would think that corn would be um, a little hot, but apparently it must absorb a lot of botanicals, I would think. Yeah, and during that final distillation is when we embark all the uh, botanical flavor. So that's Very cool. So we can find this all over the place. I'm sure I've seen it on um, barbacks behind uh, some great restaurants, but where can we find it in stores? Well, we uh, starting in October, we'll be in Fred Meyers throughout the state. Uh, we just picked up 27 Safeways in the King County area. Um, we're in uh, Beth Moe's, Totals, Whole Foods, Metropolitan Markets, QFCs. We've been really, really, uh, You're everywhere. That's great. And uh, when did you get started? We're in our fourth year right now. So 2015 is the fourth year. That's really exponential growth. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Hey, hope you liked the segment with Big Gin. And next up is Bull Run. you got to check this out from the fifth anniversary of SIP Northwest Magazine. And my next spirit adventure is uh, with Patrick Bernards, who is with uh, BullRunDistillery.com. Um, Patrick, welcome to Happy Hour. Happy to be here. Hey, so um, you've got some beautiful brown liqueurs here, and one that's actually kind of dark yellow. Well, what are you making there at Bull Run? So our, our focus is really whiskeys, a lot of different expressions of whiskeys and what we call line extensions, but also rum and a little bit of uh, unique spirits like uh, Aquavit, uh, barrel-aged vodka, little fun things that keep our distiller interested. I remember the Aquavit uh, at the Proof Distillery tasting two years ago, um, but I haven't actually tasted your product since then. So why don't you pour me a sample of something tasty? In fact, why don't we taste two of the four I see here, but we'll talk about them all. And uh, what's the first specific rum? I'm a big rum lover and tell me about the Pacific rum. So Pacific rum because we are in the Pacific Northwest and the sugar all comes off the Hawaiian Islands sitting in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Um, double distilled, spends about a month in our bourbon barrels just to allow the everything to kind of come together and pick up a little extra flavor from those barrels. So you can see it's got a little color. I call it a dirty white rum but uh, great and classic white rum cocktails. That's the song right? Dirty white rum. It might be a dirty white one. Well it's, um, it's actually what I like about rum is that Many white rums can be very hot, can be very, very um, acrid, and it just uh, unbalanced. But this, that, that barrel must smooth it out because this is very palatable. You get a hint of the sugar, a little toast or a little toffee on it. Uh, what barrel were you using? So these are the used bourbon barrels. So uh, that bourbon had been in those barrels for about four, anywhere from four to six years. But the other thing that makes this nice is that it, Turbinado has a little bit of molasses. It's not all molasses, so a little floral, a little bit lighter. And then it touches that barrel, and so that barrel takes over a little bit more uh, character in the, in the rum. So let me get this straight. You bring Turbinado sugar from Hawaii, and you distill it here in Seattle? Yeah, in Portland, Oregon. Oh, in Portland, Oregon. So um, Bull Run Distilling from Portland? Yeah, we're named after our water source. So the Bull Run Watershed sits right near uh, Mount Hood, and it's this pure, beautiful, raw water. And so, yeah, there's enough of that water that goes in all of our products. We named our company after it. But, yeah, we're right there in Portland. Well, that is actually delicious. So what would this retail for in the store? Well, I always am hard-pressed to say what it would retail for in the state of Washington, so it's kind of a new territory for us. But um, in the state of Oregon, um, we're sitting at about uh, $28 on the shelf, and it'd be a few bucks more than that here. All right, we're making a bull run down to Oregon down to try these. Well, what's next on your list? I see you've got um, 
Tell me about all the products you've got here. So right right here, we've got basically three very different versions of whiskey. I've got a seven-year-old American whiskey, um, made like bourbon, but aged in used bourbon barrels, so we can't call it bourbon. Very light, very easy drinking. The uh, Temperance Trader Straight Bourbon Whiskey is a four-year-old high rye bourbon. Uh, that's our flagship. And when you say high rye, does that mean it's more than 50%? No. High rye means, uh, to be bourbon, it has to be at least 51% corn. So high rye means traditional whiskeys, the small grain wheat rye, would typically be around 10% of the mash bill. So at 25% of the mash bill, we call it a high rye. There's, it's a high content of rye. Okay. And the last one? And the last one is the exact same thing. In fact, this is what this spirit starts uh, as, and that's the barrel strength. So this one, the, the flagship is cut to about 88 proof. The barrel strength, this version is 117. Okay, well in China, 88 is a very great number. So why don't you pour me some of the 88 proof straight bourbon whiskey, which you said was, uh, what, 75% corn and 25% rye? 65 corn, 25 rye, and 10 malted barley. Uh, okay, so here's the taste. What am I supposed to taste in this? Oh, boy. Uh, you should get some cherry notes in there. You're going to get the spice of the rye for sure. Um, you're going to get that normal kind of sweetness as a bourbon, but you're also going to get that barrel. You're going to get some of the smoke. Um, pretty complex. Well, I will say, first of all, it's very smooth on the attack. It's This is a very, I don't call it generous, and I don't want to use the word elegant because you don't really say bourbon is elegant, but it's really um, a, a pleasant mouthfeel. Now, there, I get the corn in here, and but the, the rye and uh, the, what was the last part? Uh, the the two-row malted barley. Yeah, the barley actually rounds it out, which gives it more complexity, a little more weight to it. Um, what's the proof here? Uh, this one, again, is about 88. And all these we cut differently from batch to batch. We're not trying to be spot on. We we kind of embrace the inconsistency. Uh, that's why I tasted it, because Chinese love 8 and 8. <laughs> so um, you actually put this into another barrel to make this special reserve? No, this this guy is actually barrel strength, so everything starts as the barrel strength, and uh, when we add water to create the 88 proof, you're basically getting a very different product, even though it's the exact same thing. So barrel proof is that is that a um, a standard amongst the industry, or is that something that you actually call barrel proof yourself? No, you you'll see it from uh, Scotland. Um, you'll definitely see it in the states. And barrel strength is we'll we'll bring the product up the still, you know, usually north of about 140, um, even north of 150. Um, and then we add water before we barrel it so we don't get too much angel share. Um, we don't want too much alcohol in those barrels. And usually you're going to cut it down to about 115 to 120 proof. Well, bullrundistillery.com. Patrick Bernards, how long have you been with the company? Uh, we started it five years ago. Uh, excellent. Well, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks very much. Hey, hope you enjoyed those live segments from uh, the SIP Anniversary Northwest Magazine Party. And next up is an interview with Hopworks a Brewery here. Also at the 5th anniversary party, so stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. The Commute with Carlson, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. You're in the know with KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's more Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, we're at uh, the SIP Northwest Magazine 
50th anniversary bash here on the top floor, the 40th floor of uh, 9th and Pine. And I'm ready for a brewski. I've got uh, Hopworks Urban Brewery from Portland in here. And I've got... Philip Bonney. Philip Bonney. You're the uh, regional sales manager for Hopworks? Uh, I do Washington and Canada sales. So I guess you could say I'm an international businessman. Oh, international. A man of mystery, international man. Well, uh, let's talk about Hopworks Urban Brewery from Portland. And uh, when was this first uh, originated? Uh, 2007. We just had our seven-year anniversary. And did you always produce in cans? Uh, yes, from pretty much day one. Uh, we started with uh, 22s and instantly went into cans because of the sustainabil- uh, sustainability factor. Oh, I like that. You know, the 22s are cool, but you really, you know, it's uh, it's a big beer. And I think the 16 ounces, you can probably, you know, that's like, what, two-thirds of a 22 anyway. Yep. And then uh, it's also easy to pack in and even easier to pack out whatever you're doing. Uh, that's right. So obviously in here in the northwest in Canada, we like walking around in the hills and the mountains and all that. And uh, packaging is important. So let's talk about the the line of uh, beers you produce down there. Uh, So to start off, we are uh, 100% USDA organic. We just became a B corporation and soon to be salmon safe. Um, We have tonight we're pouring our IPA lager, our seasonal right now, which is our white IPA called Pig War. Our Hef Hop, which is brand new in February, and that just came out in June, was our Totally Rattler and Cider. Totally what? Totally Rattler. Totally Radler, and that's a style of beer? Yeah, so Radler is a mixture between a soda and a beer. So we take our lager, and then we mix it with our organic uh, lemon soda that we make in-house. Interesting. So kind of like a shandy, except without the sweetness. Yeah, but uh, instead of with a shandy, you just make it with regular lemonade. A Radler is actually a carbonated soda. Interesting. Well, I want to try some of that. Do you have some Radler here? Let's get a little sip of this. This obviously must be a European thing, right? Uh, Yeah, the original style was born in Germany, and it was made with a Hellas... Um, lager, so a wheat lager, and then they mixed it with lemonade. The Austrians got a hold of it and they uh, did theirs with grapefruit. We just thought we would stick to our traditional roots, seeing how all of our beers have a really nice dry finish to it, because we like to brew in the German fashion. Excellent. Well, that is really t- tasty, delicious. It's bright. It's refreshing. Uh, what's the alcohol here? Uh, 2.6%. <laughs> Reminds me of the old days in Colorado. You could drink three, three point something beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, it's just our base lager. So our base lager is 5.1%, and then just a 50-50 cut through the middle. So, oh, Very fun. So how do you um, add the soda? Is that under pressure? Uh, you actually um, carbonate it together. So you'll actually do your brew, and then you'll carbonate the soda with um, the beer at the same time. So you're adding sugar to make that secondary fermentation? Uh, you add sugar in the beginning initial to make the soda, yes. Oh, okay. Um, you mentioned a couple other beers, like Pig War. Uh, that reminds me of Black Sabbath in my, my rock and roll days. But tell me about that one uh, beer. Uh, Pig War is actually uh, one of my favorite seasonals. It's actually named after the famous Canadian-American War over the San Juan Islands. Uh, the owner uh, actually owns um, some land on the San Juan Islands, and we get all of our wheat from there. And, wow. Yeah. They're growing wheat on the San Juans? Yes. And that's where we get all of our wheat for the Hef Hop and for the Pig War. And we just thought the name was really fun to do a white IPA during the summer and uh, just reusing that one-day war that we had with Canada. And Pig War is a white IPA, you call it? Yes. 
And so when you say it's white, what gives it the white? Is that a different style of uh, yeast or a different sort of uh, hop? No, it's uh, still our house ale yeast. It's just that we uh, do really high wheat content in it. So it really just lightens it up and it makes it more easy drinking. Wow. Well, what, pour me a little bit of that and uh, I'm going to get a little uh, splash. Well, rinse my glass here. Um, but that was a quick... Don't use that. I don't like the water. In fact, everybody out there in the world, don't rinse your glasses out. Go ahead and go straight to uh, the next glass. That means your glass is seasoned. Uh, fluoridated in uh, chlorinated water is not good for tasting. So we like to be purists here. So this is called Pig War. It's a white IPA, and uh, it's the wheat comes from San Juan Islands, and you, you bring it all the way down to Portland, Oregon. Correct. Um, the wheat uh, is uh, salmon safe. We've uh, been working on it for years. Um, we're going to try to get it salmon. Or we're going to try to get it to be organic as soon as we can. It just takes a little bit of money to invest in all that kind of stuff. <laughs> that's funny. Everybody wants their fees and uh, certification stamps. Well, that's delicious and refreshing. There's there's a very there's a slight touch of sweetness here on the palate. What's that from? Uh, that is from our base malt, the two-row and a little bit of the Munich. Uh, that's where the sweetness is going to come through at 6.1%. And that wheat really actually um, doesn't add like a heavy body to it, so you'll get a little bit in the back. So this is a light palate. toasted malt. Then. Yes. Yeah, it's delicious, refreshing. Great. Well, give me a website so people can find um, Hopworks Urban Brewery. Uh, yeah, just hopworksurbanbrewery.com or um, Hopworks Beer. You'll pop up on any of our uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter feeds, anything like that. Wow, fun stuff, exciting. I love your packaging, and thanks for joining me in Happy Hour. That's Philip Bonney with Hopworks Urban Brewery. Thank you for having me. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed today's show, uh, especially those segments with Hopworks and Bull Run and Big Gin, and all from the fifth anniversary party of SIP Northwest Magazine. Great magazine, by the way, and I uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. Remember, folks, we're right here on Happy Hour Radio, 6 o'clock on 570 KVI. If you ever miss a show, check out happyhourradio.net. And remember, folks, life is always better with a designated driver. See you next week.